Welcome to The Well Podcast, where we post the audio messages for our Sunday sermons. For more information about us and how to get further connected, feel free to visit our website at thewellaustin.com. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Good afternoon, beloved family and families. Uh, What up? I, uh, I think I can objectively say those were the cutest scriptures we've ever had. Okay. I uh, love you girls. Um, congrats. Y'all brave the, the, the crazy Austin temperatures. Three more jewels for you in heaven. All right. Uh, welcome to our Christmas Eve Eve gathering. Uh, somebody called it the Christmas Adam gathering because Adam was before Eve. And... All right. So today, uh, that wasn't my joke. That's why I said somebody else. All right. Uh, today, we are finishing up our Uniquely Jesus series with the most unique story uh, in human history, and that is God becoming man, that the God of the universe uh, came down and he intentionally entered into our suffering and into our brokenness, uh, into the chaos and into the pain that he didn't create, by the way, right? Like he intentionally entered into pain so that we might be freed and be able to live with him forever. Praise God. Uh, This message is going to be a lot shorter today, uh, but obviously this text is loaded with a ton of truth. And so we're going to try to follow a really tight structure uh, that is mostly for me so that I don't preach 50 minutes and then your kids' coloring pages run out, all right? Um, But my prayer even right now is that the Holy Spirit would just begin to remind your heart Uh, before we go into the gifts and the food and the family and the chaos that, that right now that the Holy Spirit will begin to remind you that God so loved the world that he gave his son. And I pray that you would be able to remember and to sit in that son's love uh, this afternoon before you jump into the Christmas season. And so Luke 2, let's chop it up, all right? Uh, First of all, look at all of the ands that are there in that passage. I only have it there in the very first section, uh, the first verse there, but there's all of these ands that happen. If you have your physical Bibles, you'll see it littered. In fact, it's the start of every almost new verse that's there which means that there's a lot that's happening that's there, but it's also moving really fast, yet loaded with all of this theological truth and this depth. And so while we're not gonna cover all of the ands that are here, this entrance of God becoming human flesh is loaded with theological, social, and salvific implications. That's what Luke's idea with all the ands there is. One of the biggest implications, and in fact, the first kind of structural point of Luke's message here is that the gospel is for everyone. 
The gospel is for everyone. And I hope you're not too common with that phrase, family, right? Like, like the gospel is for you, beloved. And, and, and it shouldn't be. The gospel should not be able to be received by you, and yet you're receiving the realities of the gospel nonetheless. We see this idea here because Luke is mentioning to us the shepherds, and this idea of the shepherds were these uh, people of kind of a lower socioeconomic class and not really able to receive all of the benefits that the normal Israelites received. And so here comes these angels that are actually revealing the glory of the Lord to the lowliest of the culture, the, the, the blue collar workers there at the time. In fact, Tabidi Anyabwile, who is a pastor and a biblical commentator, he says of these shepherds, he says, this is not glorious work and this is not the best shift, right? It's the middle of the night. Shepherds had bad reputations. The nature of their work meant that they could not observe Israel's ceremonial laws. They were considered unreliable and could not give testimony in law courts. They were a despised class of people. And yet, family, these are the very people whom God first decided to reveal the entrance of himself and humanity to. Often, I believe, the very people who society sees as the least deserving of the glories of the gospel are the people that God makes a frequent habit of revealing himself to throughout the scriptures. Because the Bible is obsessed with us understanding that the gospel is for everyone, right? Luke's first point there, the shepherds, the gospel is for everyone. These lowly men begin to receive the highest of theology, and so don't think that you can't journey deep into the realities of the gospel, family. Like, like God wants to reveal himself and he wants to show himself to you even while you're in the field. In other words, you don't need a seminary degree to understand the depths of God, right? Like God wants to reveal himself to you even this afternoon. Notice in the passages though, it's not just for the shepherds. The angels tell them that this good news of God entering into earth to bring relationship to everyone is for all people there, right? Even that word unto you that's there in verse 11 uh, is plural, okay? They just weren't black or Southern yet, so they ain't have the word y'all. But the real English standard version says y'all there, okay? In other words, the gospel is for everyone. It is for all people. Y'all are able to receive the glories of the gospel. This good news is for you. That a child was born to come to set you free, that you might know God and have life. It is for you, if you do what the shepherds do here, and accept this child, accept this news, and to begin to worship him. One of the things that I know that often blocks us from receiving this truth is actually fear, right? We're fearful that our past maybe blocks us from the reality of being able to receive the fullness of God, or we're fearful that we don't put enough emphasis on it, or somehow we don't give enough to God, or we haven't been good enough, or maybe that this story or this love isn't true enough. But I love verse 10 there, right? Like the shepherds, they were originally terrified, which makes sense because they're kind of just chilling, doing their own thing. Then all of a sudden, all of these glorious angels just start shouting in the middle of nowhere, right? Like that's kind of scary. Like you ever been in a room and then the speakers are just like, Ew! right? And you ever really get scared, right? That's what happens here. All of a sudden, these angels are like, ah! 
And they're all nervous, right? And they're terrified. And yet what happens right after that? This fear is immediately removed. The angels say, do not be afraid. Why? Why are they saying that? What is this showing us? Well, it's showing us that God wants to interact with his creation. Like he wants to interact with you, right? And he removes the fear or the barriers that prevent us from coming to him as we are. God wishes to interact with you, saints. The gospel is for everyone and God wants to interact with you. And I really pray those truths are not too common for you this afternoon. Don't be afraid to journey into the divine because God wants to be yours. Okay, and so what is this good news, right? If, if point one is that the gospel is for all, what is this good news? Well, the second part or the first part of that gospel is that really Jesus is God revealed. Like without us understanding God, there is no good news. So the first part of understanding the gospel is realizing that God has been revealed to us, that through Christ, we can have relationship with the God of the universe in fact, in verse 11, we actually see the realities of this all loaded up in one verse. We see that Jesus is called the Savior. The reason he's called the Savior is that he's able to save us from our sins. The thing that separates us from God, Jesus is able to come and deliver us from that. But he's not just the Savior, he's also the Messiah, is what the angels say. And the Messiah was the promised deliverer that God gave to Israel that said, somebody is going to come to deliver you. What Messiah shows us is that God is a God who keeps his promises. But he's not just a Savior who, separ or who uh, uh, connects what is separated. He's not just a promise-keeping God, but he's also called Lord. And all throughout the New Testament where that word Lord is used, it is always used of God. And so there's this man that is actually a savior and yet a Jewish Messiah and yet a Lord or a God at the same time. Messiah, the man, Lord, a God, the God man Jesus has come to deliver us from our shame or from our fear or from our oppression, or from our guilt, or sin, or death, or separation, or from having lowly or no identities to heavenly beings singing a greater identity over you, God has come to deliver, family. And all throughout the scriptures, we see the reality of that. Christ is God revealed. And this is good news if you allow it to permeate your soul this afternoon. Once again, this good news is that God wants to make himself known, family. God isn't trying to be hidden, right? The gospel is revealed because God is trying to make himself known. And so there are signs and stars and, and angels and scriptures and, and shepherds and, and wise men and miracles and pointers all around if we would look for them. God is trying to reveal that he is a good God that wants relationship with the people he's created and that he's willing for us to enter in. Notice even there in verse 12, it says that the angels, they, they gave this shepherd a sign, these shepherds a sign. And then in verse 15, these shepherds are able to go and they're able to test to see if that sign is true. What's happening there? Well, God is wanting to reveal, I am who I say I am. There is a promise that has come. You can trust that you're not just hallucinating out here in the middle of the field. You can go test this sign. God is a God that not only wants to be revealed, but wants you to come and taste and see that he is good. 
He is able to be tested, to be observed, to be understood if you would look for him. And he does the same thing with us. He gives us the scriptures, or he gives us answer to prayer, or he moves in people in our community's life that we can tell something is happening there. I believe that God is real. God wants to be revealed to us. God wants to make himself known. That is glorious truth. The only trick is we have to receive that truth. And that's the next reality of this gospel. The gospel is available, but we have to receive it. The shepherds could have been like, no, nah, we ain't going to check in this sign out, right? They could have kind of left it alone and not actually gone to see. But notice in verse 16, it says that they actually went to see with haste. The, the, the angels came and they right away, they were trying to hurry up and see what was happening there. Now in verse 18, if you have your Bibles, it's not on the screen, but there's actually, oh, I did put it on the screen. There's all these other people that are there too. And some of them, they actually wonder at what was saying was true or not. But they didn't really believe the way the shepherds believed in verse 20 or the way that Mary believed in verse 19. In other words, it is possible to actually hear the gospel, but then not really receive the gospel, family. Meaning the gospel is good news. It is God coming down to enter in relationship and, and God wants to be revealed and God wants to show you, but it is possible to actually just allow it to go and to not really allow the gospel to sit in your heart and begin to change you. You see, it's possible to reject the gospel. And Christian, I'm talking to you here too, by the way, right? Like it's possible for you to allow this just to be another story this year, that you don't allow it to permeate your hearts again. You don't allow the beauties of who God is, like the mystery that we should not have relationship with God and yet God is willing to allow us to enter in. We can just allow that story to pass on by and to not ponder it in our hearts and to not allow it to begin to transform us, it is really easy to reject the gospel family. In fact, we probably are in the habit of doing that almost daily. And the scripture's habit is to remind us of the gospel over and over and over again. Notice the responses, once again, that's there. Some people rejected, other people wondered, other people treasured, and then there's worshiping. And really, I think what Luke is asking here is like, hey, which one are you, all right? Which one of these are you? Your response to this good news will dictate how much joy and peace you have in Christ, even in this season, family. If you just let this pass, I don't think you'll receive the depth of peace and joy that I believe that your souls desire. But as we allow it to not just ponder, but actually begin to permeate into our souls, I think we receive the peace and the joy that we desire. And then notice, finally, after receiving this truth, the shepherds, they go and they tell in verse 20. And so therefore the gospel is to be told. That is always our response to beautiful truth is that we go and tell others the blessed truth that we have received. In fact, I love this idea because they actually tell in verse 17 and then they tell more people in verse 20. And then they begin to tell God himself at the end of verse 20, as they're worshiping and glorifying God, speaking about the things that which they had just seen which is so fascinating to me that they are kind of retelling these same truths to God when they came from God himself. I believe that's why we even do things like physically sing songs because what you tell, you begin to believe more deeply. And so as they're telling God himself, I think it's permeating in their souls that much more. 
which is why we respond even to God in worship. As we tell, we begin to remember or believe or, or sit or permeate in the truth of the gospel. Little sub point here, but it's the same idea. I love, 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 love Mary's posture here, right? I think it's so beautiful. It says that she treasured in her heart. In other words, Mary didn't allow this to just be a one-time event, right? Like she pondered it and she allowed it to continually sit in her heart. Like often I think that you and I need angels in the outfield every other week for us to feel like we're intimate with God, right? Rather than treasuring and pondering the beautiful things that God has already done to us, But what if we actually took the truths of God that we know the beauty of what he's done in our life and began to ponder them, began to wonder why God delivered you when he delivered you, why he revealed this truth to you when he revealed it to you, why the scriptures are unfolding for you the way that they're unfolding. I think as you begin to ponder, you start to worship and that creates joy and peace in your heart, just like the uh, shepherds and Mary received. Here's the most beautiful thing about this story, family. It's that while these shepherds are seeing Christ, Christ is really the better and the greater shepherd, even of this story here. There's this beautiful kind of poetic truth that Luke is actually kind of hiding in plain sight for us in this story, okay? I ruined your nativity scene last year, so let me go ahead and just ruin the whole Christmas season, all right? Jesus was not born on December 25th. I don't know if you know that, it might be shocking, but we just kind of replaced winter solstice, right? Like it was a holiday they've been going on. We were like, this is our holiday now, right? Kicked them out of there. So now we celebrate Christmas here. But Jesus would have actually been born months prior. In fact, Jesus likely was born right before the day of atonement. Meaning these shepherds that are watching these sheep, most scholars say based on where they are located, are not just watching any old sheep or lambs, they're actually watching these lambs that are about to be offered in the temple for the Day of Atonement. These are sacrificial lambs that these shepherds are watching over. And these lambs will be used for sacrifice to have the sins of the people removed, where they would take these lambs and lay their hands on them and symbolically show that their sins were passing on to these spotless animals. And then the angel breaks in and begins to give this glorious good news and leads these shepherds to see another lamb, a lamb that they would momentarily watch over and that God himself would keep and shepherd and watch over his entire life until the greater day of atonement as Christ pays for the sins of you and I. You see, Christ is the lamb of God that came into this world to take away our sin or our guilt or our pain or our suffering or our oppression or our sorrow so that we can enter into joy everlasting. In fact, Luke promises this, and this is what the very angels sing about in the middle of the field. And verse 14 is the crescendo of this passage. It begins with this idea of glory, right? The angels yell out glory to God. And all throughout the scriptures, when you see God's glory, you tremble because humans cannot enter into the glory of God. In fact, if you entered into God's glory, you should incinerate immediately. And yet somehow this glory is bringing you peace. 
The angels sing again about God. And anytime man enters into the presence of God, immediately he should tremble and in fact cease to exist because our sin should destroy us before God. And yet all of a sudden, God is pleased with these lowly shepherds and everybody who believes God is made available. In fact, the highest God in the heavens right? Like the place where we cannot dwell, the place where we cannot go. Heaven now descends onto earth so that we who are from earth may one day ascend back up to God with heaven. The beauty of the gospel is that you now get the God of the universe if you believe. This is the story of Christmas, family. This is what we celebrate when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And so I pray that you would be like our sister Mary, and that you would treasure Christ in your hearts. That this wouldn't just be a story that you're used to hearing and kind of like, oh yeah, it's cool, okay, on to the next thing in Christmas, right? But, but like that you would let it sit, that you would even go and tell God in song or even go and tell your own soul, hey, peace has come. And as we believe, we receive the joy of the gospel. And family of God, one day you who believe We'll see these very angels that broke through in this field with the shepherds. You'll see them in the kingdom and you will be singing with them to the God of the universe because God truly is a Messiah and a savior and a Lord who is able to bring you into everlasting life if you believe. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for the reality of what we just heard. God, I thank you that you have left like words that we would be able to know you, the God of the universe. We, we can know you. We can see the scriptures. We can see you coming. And God, even if we have not seen the angels descend, we have felt your glory at different moments in our life. You have delivered us from some sort of heaviness. You have come through and broken into our life while we're in the middle of fields and you've revealed yourself to us, God. I pray that you would allow us to be like Mary and to remember that truth this afternoon. Christ, for everyone in here who believes that they do not have a relationship with you or maybe can't have a relationship with you, friend, I want you to know that God is inviting you in to a relationship with him. That as you, like the shepherds, respond with joy, you say, man, I want to see this Christ. I want to see this God. God will reveal himself to you, beloved. You can enter into the family of God. You can begin in pondering wonder and leave in glorifying worship as you see Christ, as you give your life to him. And God, for all of us who have made this gospel, ours. I pray that you would allow us to have joy in this season. I pray that you would allow us to remember. I pray that as we're opening gifts or as we're, we're, we're with our family or, or maybe even as we're sitting in, in some of the, the, the chaos of the season, maybe even some of the burden of the season, I pray, Jesus, that you would bust in at that moment that you, Holy Spirit of God, would remind us that you love us, that you want to reveal yourself to us, that you intentionally entered into suffering, that we might be delivered from it, both now and one day forever and completely. Help us to remember that. Jesus, we love you. 
We thank you. We worship you. You are holy. You are good. You are the only God that became man. We bless your name, Jesus. Praise in your beautiful name. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you want more information about us or how to get further connected, please visit our website, thewellaustin.com.